You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is uh, it's Monday night here on the OBR Streaming Network, and that means it is time for the OBR Unscripted. I am Mike. He is Andrew. And uh, we're going to see what we get into tonight. I'm not sure what we're going to get into tonight, so I'm pretty excited about this. I mm-hmm. like the nights where we don't really know what we're going to talk about, and we're just going to let it roll. With that being said, if you're joining us live here tonight, welcome. We love having you. A big part of what we're going to talk about tonight comes from you guys. So if you're joining us live here tonight, get in the chat. Whether it's on Twitch or YouTube, get in the chat. We will see your comments, and uh, and you can give us a little direction on the show. Andrew, what's going on, man? Uh, you know, Mike, it's a it's a Monday evening in May, uh, which is you know it's a prime time to talk about football. Certainly, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, just perfect. Football. Top of mind for me is what is going on in the NFL, as always. Uh, I want to so, know the two deep for week yeah, three. Ex- exactly. Yeah. No, I was just you. <laughs> you caught me just before I came on. I was on our lads looking at the Houston Texans two deep, just pouring it over it. You know, really digging in, you know, watching, grinding some tape, you know, all the things. That grind and rise do. and grind, Andrew. That's rise right. And grind. Yes, absolutely not distracted by the Guardians, uh, new rookie league. pitcher pitching well again, or, you know, other parts of my life that have nothing to do with football. Um, no, just locked in on the Browns, only the Browns, only ever the Browns. Only the Browns mm-hmm. and just the Browns. So That's help right. you God. Till the day I die. I know, man. Big yep. night too. Big night elsewhere. Uh, again, we got all these other sports going on. We're just sitting here talking Browns. We got hockey. Yeah. We got basketball. It's the hockey. Uh, if you're a Blue Jackets fan, it's a big night for Blue Jackets because it's the NHL draft uh, lottery tonight. So we're going to see if they can grab that first pick. We'll see what happens there. We're not going to talk about that though. Don't worry, because we are locked in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We are locked in mm-hmm. here on Unscripted, as we always are from another beautiful hotel room. This time. One that doesn't have air conditioning, and I am, I'm sweating. I'm sweating. Interesting. What an interesting choice your your company has made for you. I'm sweating. No, well, they have air conditioning. Mine just doesn't work. Oh, I see. Just I see. Nothing okay. happening. So, mm. uh, the guy asked me if I wanted to move, but I've got so much crap in this room that I was like, "Can you just fix it instead?" Yeah, he was like, "Nope." So he's like, "Maybe tomorrow." Nope. So maybe tomorrow. Okay. So yeah, I don't know, Andrew. It's unscripted. <laughs> We're going to talk about the Browns. We're going to talk about the NFL. Sure. Guys, there's so many things I would love to talk about. That I'm mm. talk about, but mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. but Fumble wants to know if I ever go home. Fumble, yeah. what is home? Yeah, exactly. What are we talking about here? What's home? Yeah, uh, I was home. This laundromat weekend. that you go to in between. You know <laughs> what? No, crisp. I was home this weekend. I got to spend beautiful time with my wife and my children, and it was great. Uh, and then my kid cried when I left on Sunday, and it was the oh. worst ever. And oh. you know what? It's just what we do. It's what you do when you got to provide for your family, right? That's what mm-hmm. you do. Mm-hmm. Right, that's it. So, Andrew, what's going on? What do we want to talk about? Tonight? <laughs> well, Mike, you know, I mean, yeah. I, I think the, the the newsiest thing that happened is something that Adrian Mitchell in the chat has already alluded to, which is that uh, yeah, you know, the 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 Browns signed um, uh, the what the fuck is his first name? <laughs> I'm Rodney not, Rodney no, no, McLeod. No, 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 no. I wasn't even going to do it. Rodney McLeod. Um, uh, last week, at the end of the week, uh, you know, as a sort of a a depth safety signing, um, you know, to to really fill that that third safety spot because they've got obviously Juan Thornhill and Grant Delpit, they're going to start. Um, so there's not not really a question that he's going to be stealing snaps from them. But you know, 
One interesting idea is, does he work into a sort of a nickel-dime linebacker look? You know, we heard for so many years during the Joe Woods time, oh, they're going to play three safeties all the time, all that sort of stuff. But but McLeod, Rodney McLeod, actually really plays the run well in terms of, you know, uh, safeties in this league that can come into the box and really hit. Uh, he's really at the top of that list. And so, you know, his ability in that way might add a wrinkle to this defense, especially given – questionable linebacker depth, I guess I would say. So for sure. Um, it's it's an interesting signing, not just because I, I think it really addresses probably their biggest depth need post-draft, but also because I think it asks some questions about, you know, where they see the defense going and what sort of form it takes. Uh, I want to just uh, on this topic, I want to go to Ara here from YouTube. Uh, is there a chance that McLeod doesn't make the 53? I'm just going to answer that real quick. No. Correct. Yeah. There's no sign, chance. You wouldn't, you wouldn't sign him. Correct. Yeah. You he wouldn't is, sign him at this point in the offseason to cut he, him. He right now is your primary backup safety. Yeah. And, and, and again, yeah. he may he may see he may see time at other positions on the field. You might see him out there with other safeties. Uh, but right now he is the third safety on the roster right. because I know we all got excited. I know we liked what they did with some of the undrafted free agents and Ronnie Hickman and all that, but there's a reason Ronnie Hickman was there. Yeah. The yep. odds of Ronnie Hickman making this roster are a long shot. Correct. That's the guy that's a long shot. The, these guys they brought in undrafted are long shots. I know we love him. I know he's he he was a pretty good player for Ohio State one year, and then he wasn't so good the next year. But he was a little bit uh, inconsistent. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, uh, a thousand percent, McLeod will be on the roster. We'll see who else makes it. Now, a guy like Ronnie Hickman has got a golden opportunity in front of him. Sure, because sure. they're going to bring at least four safeties. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably four safeties. Yeah, probably into the season, considering the depth of quarterback. Yeah, and so you know you're going to have Bell, you're going to have Hickman. You brought a couple other guys in that can contend for that spot. Yep. But now you know, you know, it's just kind of that as the offseason goes on, Andrew, you've got to be feeling a little bit better about you know now you've addressed another depth spot, right? Yes. And so yeah. now now what we're arguing about is is it going to be Bell? Is it going to be Hickman? Who's right. going to be safety number four? We're not wondering who the primary backup is anymore. Correct. Yeah, it was a must after not drafting a safety. Addressing that uh, in free agency was a must, really, for them because you couldn't have you know Juan Thornhill getting hurt and then Delpit has to move to free safety and the Anthony Bell is playing meaningful snaps. It's strong that that just is not workable for a team that's trying to compete for for real prizes this year. So. Um, no, it was a must, and it's. I'm glad that they did it. Uh, you know, I think, you know, to your point, the other thing, you know, with the fourth safety, that's an area where if there's a guy at the end of, you know, the training camp period that gets cut that has familiarity with Jim Schwartz or Bubba Ventrone, you know, a guy that that, that has played special teams uh, and, and made a name for himself in the league, if that sort of player became, became available on the waiver wire, then it's very easy to swap out that player for Hickman or Bell, whoever the leading candidate for, for number four is. So, you know, that spot probably stays open. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they had to have three guys that they're ready to go with, and they do now. So, you know, kudos to them. You know, I think the other position where we were kind of looking for this is uh, defensive tackle. Um, and Al Wood signed with the Jets because, you know, the Browns drafted Ika in the third round. And so, you know, probably didn't feel like they needed to spend the money on Al Wood. So, you know, really now it feels like, probably they're not going to address defensive tackle absent some sort of, uh, you know, name becoming Random, available unexpectedly, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and yeah, it's, it's, 
it's a tale of two different positions, right? They, mm-hmm. they didn't address safety. We had people on this stream that were freaking out that they didn't yeah. address safety. Yep. They wind up signing the dude that we all thought they were going to draft maybe in the fifth round right. in Hickman, which again, still, I mean, it's a crapshoot either way. That's right. Uh, but you sign him undrafted, but you go out and get your, you get the guy that, that it may, it got the writing should have been on the wall from the minute they signed Schwartz. McLeod is just, he's a Schwartz guy. He's yep. familiar with him. He knows him. Uh, the two obviously like each other. He liked playing for Schwartz. Schwartz liked him playing for him. Uh, and it just it just was like the, the perfect fit. It's just a perfect fit. And and it's why you just, again, as this thing goes on, you just have to, you have to ride the roller coaster a little bit. And you have to understand you're going to have times where your team is making the moves. And you have times where your team isn't making the moves because they understand moves are going to be there to be made later. And you got to go through the draft and then they're going to address what they can address. And then there's still time to do like guys. There's still time. There's still time. Yep, I agree okay. with you, Andrew. If we want to move over to the defensive tackle position, that's the other position, right? They address that relatively early in the draft, right? About as early as they could address anything this year. Yep. They address defensive tackle. And so you signed one big name, free agent defensive tackle. And then you've got, uh, you you drafted as early as you possibly could a defensive tackle. You still have a guy you drafted in the third round last year, right? Third round? No. Winfrey? Fourth round? Fourth. When was Winfrey? Fourth. Yeah. yeah. You have a guy you drafted in the fourth round last year. You have other guys, depth players that you were counting on last year that are now pushed into the depth chart, which is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I'm not real. Like, I don't know about you. I'm not. Oh. This is a great question by Kevo. I want to. I'm going to cut my own self off. What was that moonshot? Was that moonshine in that mason jar right there? Are you drinking a little moonshine right there? Little Western Mountain Dew. Little Washers. Mountain Dew right there. I am in Western North Carolina, so if I wanted some, I know I would know where to get it. Okay, yeah, that's right. I'm not going to answer that question because I don't want to. I don't want. <laughs> I'm not going to self-incriminate. I don't want the revenuers <laughs> to catch my trail. Yes, and I'm having a ginger ale. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we're all enjoying um, ourselves. Uh, they've addressed them differently, but they've addressed yeah. both, right? They have. So you gotta they like. You, I mean, you gotta like what they. I know people still want to see. I'm not comfortable with that second starting primary snap getting interior defensive lineman until these guys show that they can be right. it. But yeah. you know what? You gotta have some of those positions. Yeah. Unfortunately, there again, there just there is no team out there that just goes out there and says we are super comfortable with every position out there, and we've addressed everything we can address, and we're just going to go win the Super Bowl. So right. you've got to give a chance to a guy like Siaki Ika, right? Um, yeah, I mean, I think you could make two arguments there, right? I think you could say, you know, um, you know, you draft somebody in the third round, you want them to be able to contribute this year, but I think you could also equally say that a team that's trying to, you know, win their division this year doesn't really have snaps to, to burn on a guy that, you know, might not be up to playing at the NFL level. I mean, you know, uh, Jordan Elliott was drafted in the same general area as Siaki Ika or, or Apu Ika, as I guess he wants to be called. Um, uh, you know, um, I, I, I just think to get used to that. Yeah. I, I think, I think there's another version of this where they still sign Al Woods after the draft and they 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 play Woods and Ika in a rotation at nose, you know, at the one tech, 
And then Tomlinson's your starting three tech, and whoever wins between Hurst and Tristan Hill becomes your backup there. And and there's it's more depth, you know. But but as you said, there, you know, no team is going to be super solid uh, one through fifty three. I think the concern is is that I still think even if you grant that Ika is going to be a contributor this year, and, and you think he's going to contribute at an average level. They still really only have two defensive tackles on the roster that I would trust to deliver at an average level in Tomlinson and Ika. So um, would you like that number to be three like it is in the safety room? Yes. yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, I, and for the first time ever, I think you're more optimistic on that than I am. I don't know that I trust Ika to develop or to to contribute no, I, even an average I, level. At I'm this not point. saying that see I do. Him. I'm saying that if you, if you grant that, you know, but yeah, to oh, your point, yeah. I mean, that's part of this too, right? Eek is going to be in the building for rookie meeting camp this weekend. Yep. If Jim Schwartz gets a look at him through the spring and says, this guy's a year away, maybe they do go out and make a signing for a player that is still available like a Shelby Harris, because they realize this guy's not ready to contribute right away. And we can't expose ourselves the same way we did last year. Well, maybe the player isn't even available yet. Right. Like that's, that's the thing. That's, you know, I, I think for me, when we get into these, it's not good for conversation. I know it's not good for conversation. I also have to tell you, my internet at this hotel is not great. So we'll see what happens here. Mm-hmm. I know it's not good for conversation, but when we're all freaking out in uh, early April, late March about what the moves they haven't made are, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, you've got the draft. You've got the post-draft signings that always happen. And then you've got camps that are going to come. You've got guys that are going to get cut out of camps that, always seem to find their way to other teams and make impacts. I mean, you just, there's so many ways over time that this team still has, you know, there's still plenty of places I would like for this team to improve itself. I do not like Jerome Ford as the primary backup to Nick Chubb. Right. I I don't, I shouldn't say I don't like it. I'm just, I don't know if we're there yet with Jerome Ford. Right. And there's been some pretty good running backs still out there that I would like Mm -hmm. to see them bring in. Because that's kind of it for running backs for them. You've gone from the deepest running back room to, oh my gosh, what happens if something happens to Nick Chubb? Yep. yep. Uh, the edge position. Mm-hmm. I love that they brought in Okoronkwo. I love, obviously, Miles Garrett. And I'm willing to wait for Alex Wright because he's got the physical tools mm-hmm. to be what you want him to be. He just needs to learn how to play. And you just just watch Miles and and do your best at that, <laughs> but, right. but I'm not, I, I would love to see another edge player get brought mm-hmm. in. There's still, but there's still time for this guys. There's still yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right, Mike. I think the argument in March was really more about their track record and their track record has been skimping at defensive tackle. And so oh, the, for sure, the track record of that makes me skeptical that they are going to go out and sign another veteran between now and, and, and the beginning of the year. So, um, you know, but I think the difference is, is that this year they've got a a, a a coach in Jim Schwartz who we are trusting will do a better job of telling this front office what he needs. And then when they give it to him, it'll actually match what he needs. Right. I think the, the, the concern for for Joe Woods for all those years was that it seemed like he would he would say one thing. And then when they got on the field, he would use the personnel in a different manner than, yes. what, than what it seemed like he the front office had given him. And so whether that was a communication problem or not knowing your own scheme well enough or not sticking to the things that you 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 plan to stick to and changing the script week to week. Uh, it, it felt often that there was a disconnect between the players they had brought in and how they were utilized. 
the hope is that that is over, right? And that that'll go a long way. So then, if Jim Schwartz comes to Andrew Barry on August seventh and says we don't have enough at defensive tackle, then Andrew Barry goes out and trades a sixth round pick for name your you know sort of second tier defensive tackle uh, and and solves the problem. Okay, fumble. You're a hundred percent right. I'm sweating my ass off in this room. No, Again, it's it's right now. It's 82 degrees in this room. Mm-hmm. I, when you put these on, these things, yeah, I might as well put on a sherpa and have a donkey in here ready to climb Mount Everest with me. Mm-hmm. Like that's that is how I feel. I am sweating profusely. In the meantime, I am I am. These beers are just melting off. Yeah, this yeah. is my diet plan. This mm-hmm. is my diet plan. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, I like the the McLeod signing. Uh, could not be more of a match made in heaven. I don't know what it's going to mean for the Browns again. I think we're all, as Browns fans, we just have to be. God, I hope this works. But I love the signing. It makes sense. It's a short signing, and and you you've got to be cool with that. So, yeah, can I just jump in quick because Philly does this from time to time. He threw down a gauntlet in chat, and I just want to take him up on this. Oh, let's go. So um, the Bills have Vaughn Miller, Greg Russo, and Boogie Basham. That's three right off the rip. The Bengals have Trey Hendrickson, Sam Hubbard, and Joseph Asai. Uh, let's see, who else can I do uh, off the top of my head? Um, the 49ers, uh, Nick Bosa. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, oh, shit, I can't do that one. Okay, uh, anyway, there's, there's two for you, Philly, so shut up. Well, and there's more. And 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 Philly, I get what he's saying, but I, I think there's also teams that don't have three edge rushers that have a really good pass rush, but like yeah. But maybe Aaron Donald is on that team. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. It, you Yeah, no, I just I, I like to sometimes name players off the top of my head. It's a, sort of a sports jeopardy situation. You did so, so good there. The Thanks, Dolphins man. have Jason Taylor. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and Lawrence Taylor. And, and Lawrence Taylor. Uh yeah, I don't know. I I would love I think that's the I think that's the position. Somebody said it earlier in the comments and I agreed with it. I think right there, you I think you gotta have another running back in there. If you're you can't go in, you cannot go in with Ford and Felton as your yeah. running backs. Yeah. Yeah. Out beside behind Nick Chubb. You can't. 
Well, and, and, and another edge rusher, and, and another and edge rusher. The, uh, yeah, I, I mean the running back thing. I think. <laughs> I think the I think the running back thing is probably more about that's not a need until you know bullets start flying in September. Like you can you can bring a guy off the street in, into the Browns offense and he'll run for a hundred yards because of the way they block it up, you know, and the scheme. Like um so uh you know I, I think there's that's that's part of the running back thing is they're they're probably just gonna wait until later in the offseason to make that move. But I think they will make that move. Um as far as the edge, the biggest issue there or the biggest reason to do it in my opinion is there's a ton of guys available. Right, right. Uh, Justin Houston is still out there. Uh, Melvin Frank Ingram, Clark, right, is still out there. Frank Clark. Um, you know, my favorite is Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, that would be a, like a bigger name and probably a bigger check. But all of a sudden, you you would be legitimately four, you know, three three deep at 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 edge between Ngakwe, Okoronko, and Garrett. And now Miles Garrett doesn't have to play. 80% of the snaps, you can really save him for those, those crucial situations. And then that would allow him to have the sort of career year that we're kind of waiting on from him. And I know we're skipping around a little bit, but make the dog still talking about running back. And he's saying, I'm telling you, give Ford regular snaps, let him catch it on the backfield. You'll forget all about hunt. I don't disagree with this, but even with hunt and Chubb, we needed Dearness Johnson sometimes. Yeah, there were game man. Think about that game a couple years ago against Denver that Dearness Johnson basically ran us when Case Keenum started. He ran us to a win. Yep. There are times Ford can be fine, but if Nick Chubb goes down for three, four, five games, you cannot just be ch- trotting out Demetric Felton behind uh, behind Ford and thinking that's okay. So yeah, that, that's what I'm talking about. Like no, that, I, that's yeah. all of a sudden I, we're very good in there. I agree with you, and I, I like. I mean. You know, if we're going to really deep dive on the running backs, I like John Kelly, and he's still on the roster. Um, I think he could be a serviceable backup running back, honestly. He's been Mr. Preseason the last, like, three years. Yeah, so I'm not as worried about that one just because it's all about having injury protection, and that really doesn't matter until they, they start playing games in which Nick Chubb could be hurt. So, you know, to me, as long as they have somebody on the roster by week one, I'm fine with that. Um, I do want to talk about, I want to talk about something. I, I don't think that we really spent the time to break it down. I don't know who has, uh, because I think it elicited such a visceral response when it happened that I don't, I think it's taken everybody a minute, but I, I want to talk about for a minute. I want to talk about Dorian Thompson Robinson. Sure. He's the guy that we reacted to, but didn't react to. Do you know what I mean? I do. I He's do. the guy that we reacted to what happened, but not how it happened or who it is or or how it fits or anything. So I don't really want to talk about whether or not we like the pick. Like, frankly, we can be done with that. Yep. The pick is over. The pick happened. So right. I, I don't care whether you like the pick or not. That, that doesn't matter. Dorian Thompson Robinson is a fifth-round draft pick for the Cleveland Browns. And so Andrew... Now we're looking at Deshaun Watson, your obvious starter. You're looking at, you brought Josh Dobbs back. You still have Kellen Mond. And now you have Dorian Thompson Robinson. I want to, I want to work through this with you, man. And I want to piece, and I want to work through it with you guys in the comments. I want to piece this together a little bit. What do you think the, first of all, let's try to get into the brains of the Browns. Okay. 
what's the thought process here? Uh, not putting not putting my own personal, your own personal feelings in. Right. Why do the Browns make that draft pick? Yeah, well, it's funny that you mentioned this, Mike, because this is a part of an article that I wrote last week for the OBR. And you uh, should go check it out. <laughs> talking about three takeaways from the draft. And, and number two was, you know, that the Browns are not satisfied to kind of, you know, uh, have that, you know, back in the old days, I've, I've mentioned this quote on the show before, Tom Moore that used to be the offensive analyst or whatever for the Colts when Peyton Manning was the, was the quarterback, you know, he, he would, his, or he was maybe the offensive coordinator. He would say, we don't have a backup quarterback uh, because you can't practice being fucked, you know? And so like uh, if Peyton Manning gets hurt, we're fucked. So no point practicing. Right. Uh, that was his philosophy. I, the Browns clearly do not subscribe to that philosophy. Uh, you look at, you know, 2020, it was uh, Case Keenum, right? Um, and then, you know, 2021, uh, you know, still Case. And and then Nick Mullins was in the mix there too. Uh, you know, 2022, you had obviously Jacoby Brissett, um, you know, and then Dobbs was around as well. So they've, they have always prioritized uh, the backup quarterback. And um, basically, I see the Thompson Robinson pick as just being another uh, brick in the wall of, of making sure they have a guy. So, you know, I see some comments saying that he's not ready to be the backup this year, but Dobbs can be the backup this year and then he can be the backup next year. I think that's still to be decided, right? I mean, they've got, you know, uh, four months of the off season here to, to, to work through this. And so they will, and then they'll pick a guy who will be the backup. It does make sense, you know, that, that Dobbs might be the backup, but roster wise, it might make more sense if Dobbs is the practice squad quarterback, because, you can't expose Thompson Robinson to waivers. If they only want to carry two, it might be that Thompson Robinson is on the roster, but Dobbs is actually the backup. If Watson got hurt, they call Dobbs up. It's possible that's how they do it. Uh, it's also possible that Kellen Mond gets in the mix. I know that you don't think that that's at all possible because you watched him in college, but you know, I, I've, I've learned never say never with the NFL. So also never listen to me for any reason. <laughs> uh, I love some of the comments here. Uh, this, I think it's more like what Serge just said there. I think it's more to do again. This isn't, this isn't a guy you're not going to. I think one of the other two guys is gone. Yep. Whether it's Mondo Dobbs. I I know we all fell in love with Dobbs and I know Dobbs came in and played okay for Tennessee last year when they needed him to, right? Wasn't it Tennessee that he played for for a little bit last year? And he played okay. I think there's a lot to really like about Josh Dobbs. I don't think he's guaranteed on this team. I don't. I, I think a lot of people are like, oh, Josh Dobbs is the backup. I don't know that he is the backup. Yeah. I think he's a guy they really like. Mm-hmm. I think they really like having him in camp. But I think he's a guy that you could see being a, a camp cut again at the end of the year. Yep. Kellen Mond, I think, is a guy you could see being inactive forever again. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think you, I think you could see DTR as the – technical second quarterback that that's dressed for the games. Like you just said, Yep. I think, uh, I feel like it's, uh, I feel like, I feel like they're excited about him. Like I, 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 this isn't just like, you know, if they were just looking for an end of the roster practice squad, dude, they would have waited till after the draft. 
and they would have just signed a dude that's in free agency, undrafted, brought him on. You can practice squat him, and you'll be fine. That's not that's not what this is. No. They, they like obviously like the player. Yeah. 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 And they liked him from what all we've heard. Yep. They liked him early and 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 they wanted when they saw that run on quarterbacks happen mm-hmm. in the fourth and fifth round, they were like, we gotta go get him right now. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, Kirk Cousins was a fourth round pick. Now I'm not saying that Deshaun Watson is gonna get replaced by Kirk Cousins at any point, but but you know, the NFL is a long and winding road and there were, you know, I, I'm not trying to reopen this whole conversation of will Deshaun Watson be good this year, but there were, I mean, some of the stuff he put on tape at the end of 2022 was bad, downright bad, right? Mm-hmm. And so, uh, if you if there's a quarterback that you think has the potential to be a starting quarterback long term in the league, that player is incredibly valuable, especially later on in the draft even if he only were to start one of the four years that he's under contract with the Browns, that would still be an incredible value for a fifth round pick. So I'm not saying that's where this is headed, but if you believe in your analysis that this quarterback is, it has the potential to be that sort of a player or even a high end backup, you know, it only ever makes sense to invest at that position because it is the most valuable position in sports. Uh, this is a thing I see a lot. Uh, exalted one in the comments, any see, any chance you see a specific package for him, i.e. fourth and short in my opinion, Andrew, no, 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 that's done guys. Like uh, Jacoby Brissett is a unicorn when it comes to that kind of stuff, because he just is great at it, you know? And, and, and that's why if they would have brought Jacoby Brissett back and said, he's our backup again this year, I would have no problem with them running him out there and doing quarterback sneaks on fourth and short. I'd have no problem with it. He's not here though. Yep. Deshaun Watson is the guy that's going to do quarterback sneaks on fourth and one. He's your quarterback out there. Anytime you have a quarterback out there, it's Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. So I don't think you're going to see any DTR unless for some reason you had to. And I think that would be again, to your comment before Andrew, eh, you're kind of fucked at that point. Right. Like right. that's what it is. Yep. yep. And I, I mean, Philly, I, I totally get your point here. I mean, like, when you they are all in on Deshaun Watson as the quarterback for the foreseeable future. I'm not trying to suggest that this is a path out of that. I'm just saying that, you know, weird things happen in the NFL all the time. And uh, it's a sport where a lot of people get injured. So having, you know, having viable backups at every position is part of the responsibility of a good general manager, in my opinion. And I don't think that just because you've invested so much in one quarterback that means that you completely ignore the position. And I think that's obvious. It's obvious that the Browns feel the same way. I do. The comment from Faba here that said, it's hard to imagine the Browns aren't thinking about flipping this guy for a pick. I think the total opposite. I, maybe that's Josh Dobbs. I think maybe, maybe you're waiting for a team to be desperate for a quarterback. That's like, we'll give you a sixth for Josh Dobbs. Yeah, okay. Maybe. We'll maybe. take it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't see DTR being a guy you're going to flip for a pick unless we're talking about, Deshaun Watson has returned to peak form Deshaun Watson. And now we're talking about what the, what the Patriots used to do. You've got Tom Brady. You've got great backup quarterbacks that teams will trade for picks, but that's, we're not talking about that immediately with this guy. We're talking that that'd be like three, four years down the road. Yeah, no, they picked him because they think he's a good good quarterback and has a chance to be a good quarterback in the NFL. And it's good to have good players. It's really that simple. And I think that there's a lot of overthinking because it just feels like, a kind of a luxury pick, but a fifth round pick kind of can't be a luxury pick ever, in my opinion. 
I, I did want to throw it over to a great comment I saw here uh, from Debbie Downer, a.k.a. Dustin Murphy, who said, oh, it's you guys? Later. <laughs> Bye, Dustin. I love it. Man, I love don't it. you have something else to do? That's so good. All right. Listen, we That's got people so having good. fun in here. Yeah. I had we a good people I, hanging with us. Honestly, though, it made me laugh, so I appreciate it. Hey, but you're here, Dustin. You're here. I bet you're still here. I bet you're still watching this, Dustin. I bet you're still watching this. All right. <laughs> I thought I thought about putting that up too, Mike, and I was like, no, don't take the bait. Don't take no, the bait. No, I'm okay. taking the bait. You're not coming yeah. into my chat. This is yeah, my it's, chat. It's like 200 degrees in Mike's room. He I is, am so sweaty. This is outrageous. <laughs> he is fired up. This is outrageous. Somebody's going to have to dump the Gatorade on Mike after this. This is outrageous. Mm. It's The sun has, is going down, and it's getting hotter in my room. I don't know how it's possible. Uh all right. Yeah. You know what? I just, I, I wanted to spend a minute on this because again, I think the majority of our conversation on DTR was about the pick itself. Sure. They made the pick and our opinions on them making, oh, we all have opinions on the pick, Yeah. but I wanted to spend a minute on the guy and, and we're talking about, obviously I think the, the purpose is, I don't want to say he's Deshaun Watson, but he's Deshaun Watson like, right? He's a guy that he's got a pretty good arm. Mm-hmm. he's a guy that can throw the ball around pretty good. He's got incredible athleticism. And when you're running a certain system for a certain type of quarterback, I think ideally, mm-hmm. I don't know how it's going to happen this year, right, Andrew? But yeah. I think two years or next year, two years, whatever it is, right? you would love to have a guy that you don't have to do what you did with Jacoby Brissett this year. Again, that's the problem they had this year is that they had to implement two systems. Mm-hmm. You had to implement the Jacoby Brissett system and you had to implement the Deshaun Watson system. And halfway through the year, you had to switch systems. That's right. Not halfway, two thirds of the way through the year. Right. You had to switch systems. It'd be nice if your backup ultimately can run the same damn system as your Mm -hmm. starter and you don't have to change things around. And I think that's the point of this. I think that's the entire point of it is we see this guy as being able to do that. Agreed. Agreed. Absolutely. I, I I have nothing to add. All right. Yes. Listen, it's hot in here, guys. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I'm losing all kinds of weight. Yep. It's it probably smells terrible. Yep. Guaranteed. But I'm it does. I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. Yep. And you so, and you're succeeding. We are succeeding. Yeah. We're half hour into the show already. How does this show go so fast? Ugh, we're doing it. What else, Andrew? All right. So we got we talked about McLeod. We talked about DTR. What else do we want to talk about tonight? I got one well, thing I want to end with. I want something I want to end with. But. Yeah. I mean, the other thing, I, I saw somebody ask about this earlier uh, in chat. Um, I'm not going to go back and find it, but there's a lot of post-draft power rankings that came out in the past week since we talked last, and I actually wrote a little little article about it uh, for the OBR today, um, just kind of, you know, checking in on where they're, where they're at overall. Um, and, uh, you know, the interesting thing about power rankings, Mike, I don't know, you know how much of an aficionado – um, you are of these things, but basically, uh, you know, they tend to uh, be more anchored to past performance than predictive. So uh, NFL.com has them at 21. CBS Sports has them at 14. Fox Sports, 18. The Athletic, 17. Peter King on Pro Football Talk, 17. Uh, USA Today, 22. So, you know, average below average, somewhere in there. The one outlier is that the uh, the folks at PFF did power rankings and they have the Browns at number nine. And I think it's interesting because PFF is, is one of the few organizations really that does power rankings, trying to be a little more predictive, right? Um, you know, like in Vegas, the purpose of power rankings is to try and set the lines for these teams. So you, 
you rank them one through 32, not in terms of what they've done, but who you think on a neutral field would win. Uh, and so from that perspective, you know, the Browns getting a little bit of love from PFF makes me think predictively, you know, there, there may be a little bit uh, more well thought of, but of course, on the other hand, the Vegas total still is at like nine, a little bit over nine. So um, just thinking about where they're at in terms of, you know, the other teams in the AFC, the big issue is thank you, Fumble. I appreciate that. Um, the big issue is that the Jets pretty much unanimously have jumped them, right? And so they're still behind all the teams they were behind last year, uh, except for maybe, you know, the Steelers, you could say. But then they also got jumped by the Aaron Rodgers Jets. So we know the AFC is crowded, but uh, my takeaway from that article and, and just generally thinking about the way power rankings are written is um, – you know, it really comes down to Deshaun Watson. If Deshaun Watson goes down, and we all know this, right? If he goes out and lights it up week one and week two, all of a sudden the Browns are a top 10 team in power rankings, right? Listen, uh, I've said this countless times. I, I don't care. I don't blame you for how you feel about Deshaun Watson. Mm -hmm. If you like him, you like him. If you don't, you don't. If the off-field allegations make you feel grungy and and like I feel right now, gross and just <laughs> sticky and terrible. I, I'm not mad at you for that. No. But I, I, I got to tell you something, man. I'm getting, I, 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 I'm, I'm fed up. Mm. I'm fed up. A little miffed? With, I'm, yeah, miffed. Miffed is F. I'm miffed. I'm miffed at nobody's going to give you a damn medal. Because you're standing up in the face of Deshaun Watson. Nobody, mm. nobody, nobody's gonna. We got people out here that are paid to cover football that won't say his name. Right. Yep, nobody cares. True. You're not that's a true. hero. You're not a you're not a firefighter out here saving lives. <laughs> you're not a police officer risking his neck. You're not a you're not a, a military member risking it. You're you're your fake heroism is nonsense it's bullshit it's crap yeah. these people that are like oh, I, what if, i saw a quarterback power ranking come out andrew i saw a, a quarterback power, power ranking came out you know who was the last dead last in the league deshaun watson right come on man like yeah. are you are you trying to talk football or are you trying to talk off field stuff and if you're trying to talk off field stuff let's talk off field stuff and, and I don't want to stick up for Deshaun Watson because I'm still a little gross about it, to be honest with you. I'll be fully honest with you. I'm still a little gross about it. But you, I don't I don't take my morals from a bunch of 20-year-old dudes taking playing football. Mm -hmm. That's I don't I don't care. Like I want the world to be a good place. I want people to be treated well, but I don't care whether it's sports, business, politics, whatever. There's gross people doing things. I don't. I don't take my morals from that. So I'm not going to sit here and be like, well, last in my power ranking is Deshaun Watson because it makes me look like an idiot. Yeah. And so I, when yeah. I read, when I read to Andrew to kind of go back to what you were talking about, when I read people that are like, well, I like what the Browns have done. I like their, I like what they've done on defense. I love the Thornhill ad, you know, Miles Garrett and Okoronkwo. And I really like the way they've added to their wide receiver core but I think they're probably 26th in the league because Deshaun Watson. Right. You you haven't even analyzed. And, and I'm not even talking about Deshaun Watson's performance last year. You haven't even analyzed the team. You're just trying to be a hero. You're trying to make people think, wow, what a stand he's taken. 
Oh, man. Look right. at what he's doing about Deshaun Watson. What a great stand. We should put a statue up of this guy on 6th Avenue in New York. Nobody's going to do that. What you're doing is crap. It's lazy. It's yeah. lazy. Be mad about Deshaun Watson. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I don't know if you're right. I don't know if you're wrong. But that, those are your feelings. But if you want to analyze football, you put that into it, you sound like an idiot. It, that's what drives me crazy. That's To go back to what you were talking about with, uh, with, with power rankings and all that, it's what drives me crazy about it because that is the core of what we see at these people that are ranking the Browns 20. Maybe you do think the Browns are 20th. Who can argue that after what they did last year? Right. But it all stems back to Deshaun. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. Well, and that's, and that's what I said in the article that, you know, I mean, and and to, to be fair to these articles, a lot of them focused on the performance over the last six games rather than the off-the-field stuff. Uh, and, I, th- you know, I mean, I think it's, you know, we have avoided this conversation because it feels – you know, I think it feels kind of overwhelming to to try and even predict what we think happens, right? But, but I think that there should be a legitimate piece of concern that he does not recover his form. I, I don't a thousand percent. So, you know, I, I think I think if you if you take that into account, then I think ranking them as a middle, uh, you know, middle tier team in the in the sixteen to twenty range is fair, honestly, because they have built this thing around him being a top five at the worst, top ten quarterback. And if he plays like a league average quarterback, they are from a franchise construction perspective, they are sunk. They're sunk. Listen, a hundred percent. If we're going to talk about actual power rankings. Right. I don't disagree. Sorry. Right. It, sorry. And maybe I'm, I'm sorry if I went off on a tangent there. No, you, you did. It was, a cla- it, was cl- it was a classic. It was I'm great. hot and I'm angry. Yeah. I'm hot and I'm angry. I just, I can't get over, I can't get over the people that won't talk football about it. No, it, I agree it, with you. At this and point, I, you got to yes. talk football about it. He, I, it is I, what it is. He's here. He's the I quarterback. You, you got to talk football. Did Deshaun Watson do enough yep. in the last six games that makes me feel as the eternal optimist, guys. Right. As the eternal optimist, does he, did he do enough in those last, last six games to make me feel like, cool, we got Deshaun, we're good to go, let's roll into the season, everything's going to be great. No. No. <laughs> Should I have expected him to? I don't think so. Right. right. Here's my thing. Give me, if he does that this year, we got a problem. Yep. Give me a full off season. Mm-hmm. And then going into the season where you don't, again, as I was talking about before, where you don't have to switch systems, switch philosophies, change mm-hmm. the way you play the game of football halfway through the year, two, two-thirds of the way through the year. And if he still does that, if he's still underwhelming, now we're going to have a problem. Yep. Now we're going to have a problem because because the pressure, you can tell, Andrew, the pressure has been on Kevin Stefanski and Alex Van Pelt and the mm-hmm. offensive staff. To you can tell by the way they talk about it. We're going to throw the ball more. We're going to really focus on Deshaun. We're going to focus on changing the way we play the game of offense. The focus isn't going to be on Nick Chubb and running the ball anymore. It's going to be on Deshaun Watson and what can he do to help us win. If he doesn't, if he has a full off season, knowing mm-hmm. that he's going to play from week one, 
No, nothing hanging over his head. No more controversy hanging over his head. No more threat of suspension hanging over his head. If he can go all through camp, be ready, prepared, good to go, and he plays the way he did the last six weeks, oh, shit, boy, we got yeah. a problem. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. We got a problem. Yeah. But that's why this whole thing, that's why we can sit here and talk about, like Andrew, we can sit here and talk about McLeod. We could sit here and talk about uh, what they did in the wide receiver room. We can sit here and talk about backup running backs. We can sit here and talk about all of that. Mm-hmm. If Deshaun Watson is a the the Deshaun Watson we saw in Houston, this team is going to win. It's going to compete for the AFC North. One hundred percent, one hundred percent. If he's the if he's the quarterback of twenty twenty, I, I think you could make a credible argument that they're the third best team in the AFC. Correct. So we'll see. Yeah, it, it's it's why it's hard. It's just for me, for me, I'm just I'm not. I I always want to be careful careful about how I say it because I don't want to say you're wrong about talking about the extracurriculars right. and the off field yep. stuff. You're not. But if we're gonna just sit here and be a, a show that talks about the football team, then let's talk about the football team. What what happens out on the football team or mm-hmm. on the field? Mm-hmm. And so we have to talk about Deshaun like that. Yeah. That's, and so that's why when you bring up power rankings, it's why it boils my blood. Yeah. Because it's all, well, yeah. they got a scumbag at quarterback. And you're like, well, maybe, maybe they do. But like, how are they going to perform on the field? Because that's mm-hmm. all I care about at this point. Right. Not, uh, I should say that different. I care about the other stuff. Sure. But when we're evaluating the team, that's yep. what I care about. That's right. Yeah. Yep. I think that's well said. And I think it, you know, it, well, I think I what I think is most interesting about it is that, um, you know, it will it will take seeing it to believe it for not only the national media, but I think for a lot of Browns fans. I, I mean, looking at the comments, there's a lot of us in here. Some folks are saying they're not worried at all, but I think some folks are saying, you know, uh, we'll see what happens and and the Browns will kind of go as Watson goes. And, you know, it's interesting because I think in years past, if you think back to that 2019 season, when uh, Baker Mayfield was going into his second season and they hired Freddie Kitchens, the amount of hype that there was for that Tennessee game, the ex- expectation was that Mayfield was going to take a step, right? Because quarterbacks take a step in their second year. Nobody anticipated him kind of falling off like he did. Exactly. And then in 2021, the same thing. Stefanski had finally unlocked what Mayfield can do. So now here in 2021, we're going to see the most consistent version of Baker Mayfield yet. And then he goes out and gets hurt, hurt in the second game and, you know, was was still the same flawed quarterback before. My point is, I think Browns fans have learned from that experience to the point where now we're not really willing to say this team is anything. We're going to just have to wait and see it in September, which is, I think, it's. I'm proud of us. I, uh, yeah, a hundred percent agree. A thousand percent agree. Um, if I were to, I like I, to go back to what you were talking about originally. I like the PFF model. Let's try to be predictable about this, right? And again, if Deshaun does what Deshaun does, mm-hmm. yeah, I think we are looking at a top ten football team. We gotta be. be. Yeah. You, yeah. you. If you're not, here's here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. Sorry, my glasses are making me sweat. <laughs> here's Just the thing. Absolutely drenched. If Deshaun is, oh, fuck, look at me. Jeez, oh, Pete. Um, welcome to my sauna. Uh, if Deshaun <laughs> is, uh, see, I think what happens is, I we, uh, I think I said it last week, I'm in Pittsburgh, and they know I'm a Browns guy, and they are trying to sweat me out of this hotel. 
Mm-hmm. They're trying to sweat me out. These, mm-hmm. but they're not going to win. They're not going to win. They're not going to win. Uh, if Deshaun comes back and he's good, and they're not a top ten team, we're talking about firing Kevin Stefanski, guys, and maybe even talking about Andrew Barry's job on the line. Yeah, like that's where well, we're at. That's I where mean, we're at. It, I, yeah, I, if Deshaun Watson's good or bad, and there's not a top ten team, Kevin Stefanski's getting. Well, talked about, you know, but uh, one one little nugget that I did pick up from from uh, the athletic power rankings that I think speaking to your point about where they could go. Uh, Jim Schwartz has not coordinated a defense that has finished in the bottom half of the league in DVOA since 2006. So almost 20 years of top half of the league defensive performances from his defense. If the Browns, I mean, we said this last year, if the Browns defense could play as a top half of the league unit with the. Uh, with what their offense did, even with Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, they would have been a playoff team last year. So, so right. God dang it. We were so right too. If that Browns defense would have just showed up a hot minute. Yep. The Browns would have been like six and two. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so I think, you know, like we have made a lot about saying it's all about what happens with Deshaun, And I think that's right to a certain extent, but there's also a story in which he is not who he was in 2020 but because the defense takes a step, a big step or two forward with the special teams as well, they still manage to be quite a good team. And Watson can kind of come along as the season goes on. I think that's also possible, even though it would confound the narrative that we have been kind of uh, sat on all offseason, which is that it's all up to Watson and Stefanski. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. you know, I, I mean, he comes out and he's inefficient. Uh, you know, the offense is inconsistent, much as it was at the beginning of last year, but they do put points on the board, but special teams, you know, they're, they're, they're finding extra yards in the return game and then they're forcing turnovers on defense and miles Garrett is having his best season, uh, you know? So at the end of September, they're three and one and Watson hasn't played that well. I could see that being possible. I know I can't see it being possible. If he played as bad as he did, you know, in those six games last year, but if he's an average quarterback, I think there's still a path for them to be a good team. They have invested a lot <laughs> on this defense and they have a great defensive coordinator. It's just this whole conversation just shows how much this this team has hurt us. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm, I'm so hurt by this team. Yeah, and I'm it so never stopped. Mm-hmm. And just damaged by this team. Yep. Uh, it, this is the whole conversation. Any other franchise, I feel, would be like, okay, listen, step back. Deshaun didn't play for a couple of years. Right. He came out and was rusty. He did play a couple good games. He made some big time clutch plays. Uh, there were there were a lot of good things that happened. There were a lot of bad things that happened. But now we're really excited because it's full go. Not here. Not here in Cleveland. No, 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 yeah. no, no. Not here. We're like, oh, God, what if he's just bad? What if he's yeah. bad? Well, and listen, I, as I said, there were years in the past where we were over-the-top optimistic, and we got bit in the ass by it. So I think the Baker Mayfield experience has really changed, at least in my in my eyes, has really changed people in terms of, just waiting to see it on the field before they expect anything. <laughs> That's right. Uh, all right. So the last thing we're, we're, we're coming to the end of the show. The last, <laughs> I know Andrew doesn't want to do this at all. And I'm so excited for it. I'm so excited to do it. Cause he doesn't want to, I can see Ian in the background even, changing I, screens. I don't even have to say anything. That's how much, you know, we have not talked about this <laughs> once, we're not for a second, it. but you we're know, I don't want to talk it. about this. Yeah. You're doing it. And, and like, Andrew, I'll give you my true thoughts on it too. But big, huge, massive, yeah. breaking yeah. news yeah. out of Berea today. Mm-hmm. Breaking news. Yeah. Do not put your Berea. phone down. 
do not put your phone down. You yeah. don't want to miss yeah. what's happening in Berea today because live three hour spaces. Boom, boom, boom. Dog logos everywhere. Dog logos happening everywhere. Dogs in your face. For for Dog legitimately logos. three hours today. For three hours, they drug that out. Three hours, Andrew? The Browns drug it out for three hours. The people on Twitter drug yeah, it I'm out. Yeah, I'm just talking about the Browns. So yeah. 10 mm-hmm. hours. Oh, I know. It's been the whole day. Yeah. I <laughs> search says. I didn't put my phone down, got fired. (laughs) (laughs) Worth it. it. Worth it, because now I know what the logo might look like. Guys, what are we even doing here? This isn't even like, this is just like a fake logo that they're going to attach to Dog Pound stuff, right? Like, this isn't, like, we're not talking about, like, the team logo. Correct. We're talking about just dog logo. So here's what I want to know. All right, so, Andrew, here's what I want to hear from you first. Andrew, Andrew. Hello. Sweaty glasses off. I'm going to take my sweaties off. Um. I don't want to hear your opinion on anything about the situation. Understood. What I want you to do is, is <laughs> red leader. This is such a great comment. The logo I didn't ask for. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want you to take a look at these five logos because these are the five that were mm-hmm. uh, like fan submitted that the Browns looked at and said, these are the top five. Mm-hmm. These are the ones we're going to go with, with something. I don't know mm-hmm. what they're going to do, but with something. Yeah. So I want you to take a look at these five and tell me which one you like the most. Okay. Well, I know, and I will honor what you asked. I will not talk about the bigger picture, but I'll I, give you, I, I'll give you your chance. I just, no, I, I know. I just want to say aesthetically, um, like I have, I am a dog owner. Um, I have been like, I grew up with dogs. I love dogs. Uh, I, I deeply dislike any media portrayal of big dogs, because I, I have had a Mastiff in my life. I had a, a, a very sweet Mastiff for 13 years. Uh, I deeply dislike any portrayal of big dogs as being inherently like angry or uh, mean, right? All the way back to the sandlot. It feels it feels unfair to me. So I just want to get that out of the way. Um, I do not like bias in my dog imagery. So, so as a result... I am forced to choose the only one of these that looks like it might even for a second crack a smile, which is the one on the bottom left. Oh, because that what? That dog. Let me just tell you, that dog is the same dog from Duck Hunt. (laughs) One hundred percent, that's the same dog. One hundred percent, that's the same dog, and I have seen that dog laugh. So that dog (laughs) is that exactly. That dog. He's not gonna kill you he's just disappointed and i'm fine with that i am all the other ones look look angry and i don't care for it i am stunned i'm stunned the people in the comments Mm -hmm. the people in the comments are all talking about the bottom left yep not not everybody but Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot of look at larry lower left corner i don't know what you guys are talking about that's the dumbest looking thing i've ever seen in my life yeah, so is the entire idea, Mike. Oh, I got yeah, news for you. Yeah, we'll get there. 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 It's a, when it it's comes a logo to this, befitting the stupidity of the concept. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, but if you want to talk about how stupid the concept is, mm-hmm. that might be uh the top left is really stupid. That why are you wearing like a, a bondage chain on your neck? What is well what all is four left? of them are? That's part of the reason I chose the bottom left. All the other ones are That's wearing fair. spiked collars. That's fair. That's fair. Uh I don't love, I don't love the chains. I don't love the chains. No, um, it's stupid. 
top left is my least favorite. Top right looks um, like everybody's alcoholic father <laughs> is what the top right looks like with this five o'clock shadow. And he's just angry. He just came it, home it, from work. It has a like, mole? get off my chair. It has a mole as well. Yeah, what's with the mole? I actually just wiped my screen off because I was like, <laughs> that could be a little bit of fuzz. No, nope, that's that's part of the graphic. That's a mole. Yeah. That's a mole. Okay. Um, I hate the bottom left. It's a cartoon. It's 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 Marmaduke. It's a Marmaduke. It's a Marmaduke Browns logo. The bottom oh, left. Are you man. kidding me? It's 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 like it, it's the neighbor. It's like Odie's buddy from Garfield is what the bottom left is. Yeah. Hi, Garfield. <laughs> that is how that guy talks. I hate that one. I hate that one. Okay. I don't like any of these. Yeah, agreed. I don't like any of these. But that middle one. No, There's a man. little creativity to it that I don't hate. I like that it. There's just a little kind of difference to it that I don't hate. It's more stylized, certainly. I don't mind the stylized nature of it. No, I agree with you. But to me, the best one is that bottom right. So there's something dark about it. There's something I, like it, it. Yeah, it's cartoony. Yeah, it's not. It's not. But to me, though, Andrew, I know you're a dog fanatic or whatever. But he's not angry. Not get personal, he's, Mike. He's not angry. He's not angry. He's just fucking there. So and I kind of like that. I don't know his actual name, but a guy uh, who's a good Cleveland sports follow, Eric JD on Twitter, said that that logo looks like the squid-faced guy from Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay. And once I saw that, I was like, God "Yeah, so that it. one's out. That one's out." <laughs> Wasn't that Will Turner's dad? Isn't that bootstrap bill? Or was that I, I don't maybe I didn't really I, watch those movies. Maybe that was Davy Jones. I don't know. Sorry. Those were great yeah. movies. I I'm in though. I'm in I'm into the bottom. I I know it looks a little little older, but I like that there's no eyes. It's not cartoony like that to me, like big bulging eyes and there's no teeth. I think I like that there's no teeth. I think the teeth are corny as hell. I think it's just kind of like a it's like a stoic, it, it looks kind of wise and like calm and like, okay, I'm in for that. I'm in for the top left surge. Surge top left just smelled a fart. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm in. I'm in for bottom right. I can't believe you picked bottom left. I cannot believe it. The, the idea that you would have strong feelings about this really undercuts your central premise of this all being very stupid, though. Yeah, well, let's talk about that premise for a minute because I told you I'd let you get to it. So go ahead and give us that premise. Well, I mean, look, big picture, who gives a shit, right? Like, I mean, it's the offseason. As I said at the beginning of the show, nobody wants to think about the Browns. So credit to the Browns social media team for getting everybody on Twitter to spend the entire day talking about this when the Browns should be completely, like, irrelevant right now, right? So from that perspective, good job by their marketing team getting people engaged. Um uh, but I, I think the, the big issue, right, is that the dog pound, the you know, and people have talked about this ad nauseum, but the dog pound was a spontaneous, uh, you know, celebration of fans and their connection to a certain set of players that are now, you know, this, the, the events that 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 created the dog pound are now almost 40 years old. And it just does not feel relevant or interesting to me to continue this idea of like of 
attaching dog imagery to the Browns any further, right? I mean, I, I think it's really misses the point of what that was about and the, the, the need for there to be a mascot that represents a part of the stadium that isn't even the same stadium that was the stadium where the actual dog pound was. It just, it's, it makes, it defines the word contrived. This entire thing defines the word contrived and it really underlines a point that, you know, our, our colleague, uh, wreck this league, you know, that works with us on does such a great job with our graphics. The point that he made, which is that the Browns have not put significant effort into developing their identity as the Browns. And so they end up in these confusing conversations about dog logos and elf logos and every other thing uh, that not, does not forward their main identity, which is as the Cleveland Browns. And it really is frustrating because there's plenty to do there, but it takes a certain sort of perspective. And I mean, frankly, he's the man for the job. The Browns should hire wreck this league immediately. Yeah, Seth is awesome. I, I don't think I could put it better than OG Philly did. It was an organic thing. Leave it the F alone and let the fans have it. And I, yep. I love that. Mm -hmm. I don't think the Browns should have – I don't think the Browns, the organization, should have anything to do with the dog. I, I, I don't think they should, like, eradicate the dog pound. I love the idea of the dog pound. I think it should stay there, but it should be fan-driven. Right. When you're a fan and you sit in the dog pound, the fan should drive what the dog pound looks like. The fans should drive how the dog pound feels. Get the team out of there. They don't, they're not part of the dog pound. The, the, the organization is not part of the dog pound. The dog pound was a special place mm -hmm. that the fans created that connected them with the players. Right. So let the fans have the dog pound again. And I know the, the, the team will come out and say, well, that's what this is. We're, these are fan submissions. You shouldn't be doing any of this. Right. There is no logo for the dog pound. Mm -hmm. there, there, maybe the fans will come up with a logo, but it's a fan's place to connect with the players and to 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 create an atmosphere in the stadium that isn't corporate, that yeah. isn't that isn't contrived, like you said. It's not thought of by a marketing department. It's just the fans connecting with the players and creating an identity in Cleveland for football. Yeah. For the Browns, do your own thing. You know what it is, Mike too, is, um, you know, obviously uh, Haslam and, you know, J.W. Johnson were not part of the ownership group when the dog pound stuff happened. And so I think that there's also like some stepdad energy here <laughs> where it's like they're like trying to get to know their kids a little bit. And they're like, we heard you guys are, are dogs. Come on, you champ. Like, you, you like to bark? You guys want to bark and then woof, they woof. like bring an actual mastiff to the game and everybody's just like what what are you doing man like we never no we never brought why do you think that you're not okay? my real dad ted exactly exactly <laughs> there's some strong stepdad energy what if we what if we made you guys a new logo maybe that would make you love us yeah listen uh paul spencer said it great it was it, we all know the history of it, it was based on dixon midfield yeah. and 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 well, they bark. You know, a lot of people might not. That's again, that was almost 40 years ago. I know, but I think a lot of people here know that. But oh, okay. it was based on on Hanford Dixon, Frank Minifield. They would bark when they knocked people down when they made tackles. Yeah, that was their thing. But you know what? It dudes. created an identity that I think the fans can hang on to. And frankly, I like I like the fact that the players hang on to it. Mm -hmm. I like the dog pound synergy between the players and the fans. Jimmy Haslam and crew. Let's just stay, stay out. out.
Just stay they, out. Uh, we don't need a logo for the dog pound. Frankly, let's get rid of some rules in the dog pound. Yeah. Let's let's let the dog pound be its own thing. Mm-hmm. Let's let that be its own thing. Let the fans do that. Let it be organic with the players. Stay out of it. Make a logo. I know we, I've seen some people talk about that B logo with the stripes or the elf. Or you do that. Do, do the helmet. Do something. That's fine. Leave the dog out of it. Leave yep. the dog out of it. It's it's the fan and the team. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yep. So I, I just want I wanted to bring it up because I knew you didn't want to. Yep. Bottom left, all the way. Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> so I'm I am bad. now that you hate it, I'm gonna contact a Russian bot farm and get a million votes for it to make well, sure. Well, you would know that. You would know a Russian bot farm. You would know that. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it. It's eight o'clock. I am I'm gonna die in here. I'm gonna die if I keep these <laughs> headphones on any longer in my steam room in Pittsburgh. Is they're they're trying to get me out of the city, guys, but I'm not gonna do it. Mm-hmm. Frankly, I was thinking about walking around downtown Pittsburgh this weekend doing like a behind enemy line. So we'll see if that happens. Well, that sounds uh, fun. Uh, yeah, I was going to do it. Uh, listen, that's going to do it for us on unscripted uh, big week of shows coming up uh, a little schedule change, right? Mm-hmm. Little schedule change. We've got all eyes on Cleveland. That's going to move to seven o'clock on Tuesdays. Garage beers is still going to be at nine o'clock on Tuesdays. I think we still have OBR weekly. Nope. No. Is that it? Well, we, well, I think the schedule's coming out on Thursday. We'll do a schedule release show. Yeah, we'll do a schedule release show on Thursday, but that's just going to be what it is. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, just get excited oh, for more great OBR content. Uh, OBR Weekly is going to be every other week during the offseason on Wednesday night. So not this week, but next week. Uh, just tune in and tune into the OBR website where guys like Andrew and all the other staff are doing amazing work. Uh, Fred has been putting up some great things. Brad and and Jake and Cody and and the whole crew has put putting up awesome stuff on the OBR's website. So make sure you go check that out as well. That's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ian in the background, putting up great pictures of comic book dogs, uh, <laughs> making us look good. Shout out to Ian McBride for Andrew. I am Michael Keefe. Uh, and make sure you're following the OBR at all the, sp- uh, all the socials at the OBR. We'll see you again next week on unscripted until then. Cheers. Go Browns. It's so damn hot in here. Yeah. I mean, I'm the sweat I, dripping down my, the back. Paul, I'm, I'm not a sweater. I don't sweat. Paul, 